Hey guys, this is John. We've got a we've got a not shooting podcast. We got some hunting podcast. So we are rolling eastbound on Highway 84 with Ben and Clint. I just met Clint this morning. He is um, he's our video guy. Super excited to meet him. He's been fun hanging out, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. And what we've been doing, we've we got a little behind on podcasts last year. We were doing a lot of hunting, and I had gear with us a fair bit, but it just it was from hunt to a plane. It just didn't seem like it worked out very well. When we do it a little easier to record when we're on the road like this, so we got about well, we got five hours of driving left today, and we are headed to Ben's Oregon Bighorn Tag. So pretty psyched about that. That's uh, what number is that Ben out of the twenty nine? We are on number twenty nine. Crawled well, all the way through it. Well, there you go. So pretty big deal. We've talked about that in the past. We'll talk some more about that right now. And anyway, how you been? It's been a while. Good, yeah. We missed last year. Um, just crazy pace of trips and hunting, traveling all over. So, yeah, catching up a little bit. So there's a bit of a gap. Yeah, absolutely. And then Clint, so yeah. uh, Ben, we tracked down. We had a video guy last year, pretty talented, but uh, hard to hard to follow up with and we're still working on getting that footage i know a lot of you guys ask it shoots and stuff like when are we gonna see the videos and i that is a wonderful question and so <laughs> we've been tracking a new video guy down and ben found clint they hit it off and and super talented some of the stuff i've seen so i'm really excited to see what what he does but clint how long how long have you been um i guess filming full-time yeah, give us a uh, name, name, yeah. company name, all that too. Yeah, yeah. My name's Clint Easley, Revel Entertainment. Uh, this is probably my first hunt I've ever filmed, so I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Not used to this kind of country, and these guys are in tip-top shape, so we'll see how it turns out. But no, I've probably been filming in the outdoor world for 13, 14 years. Yep. Stumbled across it, left architecture, and haven't looked back since. Somehow convinced my wife that it was all right to do a full career change, so... It's been a blast. I've traveled quite a few places, but Bighorn Sheep is one I haven't checked off my bucket list cool. either. So I'm pretty excited that this is number 29 for you guys. Yeah, that's cool. And then you've been up, you've been up north filming. I've seen some some clips of caribou and some different things like that, right? Yep. Yep. Where were you at for that? I'm just curious. Yeah, we went to Cold Bay. So I think. Oh, cool. From what Ben was telling me, you guys actually were there just prior to us going. Oh, I cool. think we were there in August. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we had August. early August, and yeah. uh, you guys came in and camped right on top of our camp. Yep. Oh, the same same yeah. group? You were with Rod? And the same guide. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so I was out there filming for Huntmasters, Greg Ritz. Okay. And I showed Ben a little bit of the footage today. He said he just saw the episode on Outdoor Channel. He's like, I slept in that same hole out there. Oh, that's hilarious. Where, yeah. Yeah, okay, that same okay. Depression. You told me that the other day. I didn't put it together. I was thinking a different. I had something else in my head when you told me that. Okay. Cool. So you've been up there. Is that your first time kind of Alaska or Northern Canada type of hunt? Honestly, I think Alaska, eight or nine trips I've been out there. Nice. I did a... Uh, brown bear hunt two years ago with the black rifle coffee guys oh, we got cool. three brown bears and a wolf nice uh where was that at oh man i can't remember if that was peninsula okay peninsula area somewhere other, yeah. uh, we went with cole kramer oh cool yeah yeah cole's the man yep um and then beyond that we've done i filmed a moose hunt um another brown bear hunt for kodiak nice and i'm trying to think what other 
species. We did uh, Ketchikan with my buddy Shane oh, last cool. year for Mount Goat. Had a successful Mount Goat nice. hunt up there for archery. Nice. And then that film right now is in the Full Drop Film Tour circuit. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, that's cool. So you've been up there a lot. How, how, I've got all kinds of random questions that pop in my head, like how yeah. do you keep your camera gear dry when it's pouring down rain on the peninsula? <laughs> but I, you might not have hit the bad weather if you were there in August. We had great weather. So, How were the bugs for you guys? Oh, they were horrible. Yeah, they were thick. <laughs> there was the, was it the White Sox and the Mosquitoes. So yeah. there's two different. Dude, they were rough. Are the no seams out there pretty heavy, too? They, was that didn't basically seem as, they didn't seem as bad as the White Sox did. Okay. Yeah, we had consistent breeze the entire time. We did get some heavy rain, but for the most part, the breeze knocked them down. And I think maybe yeah. for a couple hours, we had just a batch of bugs. Oh, okay. But yeah, I yeah. think we lucked out from what I heard out there. Yeah, we had the first, was it the first day or two were pretty windy? I mean, yep. I guess talk, we could talk about that hunt too while we're doing this. Cold Bay, uh, that was, I had hunted uh, doll sheep and july and then right when we get back you and i flew up to cold bay beginning of august for, yeah early august for barren ground caribou yep. and so we get in there uh we fly out in a uh that was a beaver they have on beaver on wheels gravel bar landing and then we, the first two days were pretty windy there's like no bugs yeah it wasn't but, too bad and then by the time we got to yours it was real buggy yeah. and you can see that in the film too just constant you had to wear Bug nets. And yeah, the head net was. What's, what's your? Yeah, I was gonna ask. What's your guys's go to for bug prevention? Are you taking out a certain type of deep head nets? What yeah, do you I mean, guys I, usually pack? I up? tried it all last year. The worst one I had never really used thermocells, mm-hmm. and the bugs get bad when the wind's not out, and thermocells do pretty good when the wind's not out. Mm-hmm. The, the the pain is you gotta have the you know the fuel and the cartridges, but man, those were a lifesaver in the territories. Um. So up in NWT last year, the mosquitoes were terrible. I don't, do we take them? I don't think we took them to Colby. I think we just did head nets and that was, I, head nets suck. They're a pain to, you know, you throw your binoculars up here. Like, oh yeah, I got a big screen door over my face. But the, um, but the head nets work pretty well. Just stick them over your hat. Your brim keeps it off your face. My and, favorite for filming through. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It just but, puts this annoying screen over your face. Yeah. No, I mean that sucked, but it's better than having them like, it just, uh, just they're just annoying. The White Sox were worse. I, I, I thought I hated mosquitoes, but those White Sox are these little, they're like little flies, and they bite. And some people react to them pretty good and swell up. Yeah, those tear up a little bit. Where the mosquitoes are just kind of standard. But yeah, those would leave a little mark. Yeah, I'm still trying to get the point across to my wife. She's like, "Why on earth do you want to go travel somewhere where it's windy, wet, rainy, buggy?" And sweat to death and hike all over. What's the, I don't find the fun in that. I'm always trying to justify. I'm like, it's yeah, awesome. It's great. Yeah, sometimes it's greater after the fact, but it's always good. So, um, but no, I know that's kind of a hard to relate to thing. If you're not, the same reason she wants a bunch of farm animals and you don't. That's so. exactly right. I think there's the, maybe it's instilled in some of us, there's this this pain tolerance. You want to pinch yourself and see how hard you can do it before you say, ow, like just to test your you know, setting goals for yourself to see if yeah. they're actually attainable, and that's part of the adventure and why I probably seek it. Yeah. Just to, just to see if I can actually handle all of it, because you hear people getting inspired here and other people doing it. I'm like, i got to get off the couch and go do this. Go do something, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's A lot of it, I think it's different for different people. Like, for you, you, have these, you get these goals in your head, mm-hmm. and you're like, 29, this slam, these days. And so Ben yeah. kind of gets all these massive goals where, like, I'll get sucked into it as I go. Like one of your least favorite hunts and my favorite hunts was the BC stone sheep hunt that went on forever. 
And I liked it because it was like we just it, you kept going over the next mountain and the next mountain and the next, and it just was like this crazy adventure. And it's just it's just a little different for everybody, but it's a challenge. There's all these different challenges of yeah, different styles of challenges too. I like to set a goal that's just you know you've got a, a kind of a high mark on the wall. You're like okay, I know I can hit that high mark. And so then I'll move it up a little higher. Like, I don't know if I can hit that. I want it to be just, just barely between, you know, fingertip reach and out of reach. Mm. And that's where I kind of set that high mark for myself on a lot of, some of it's a really high mark on the wall trying to, trying to nail down, but on the hunting stuff, you know, we set this, you know, we set this goal 2000, I don't know. We got pretty serious about 2017 or 18. I think it was 2018. Yeah. we kind of mapped it out in our heads when we were in camp on one of the trips and just like, you know, we could, we could probably do it. We had to map out the cost and we had to map out. Regards, even if we, you talk about the 29. The 29. Yeah. yeah. And yep. just knowing if we could, you know, do we know all the right people to go, you know, wh- where do you go for a Thule? Where do you go for a Rocky? You know, how do you even achieve the tag that you want? Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, it's not just like, Hey, I'm going to go do it there's a whole bunch more that goes into getting it done oh, and that's yeah. the, the hardest hi- part the high marks on your like mine is like hey can i cross five mountains and you're like i mean you have these crazy financial goals like hey if we do this this and this can we do this in this amount of time for one by like this tag we're going to yeah we've t- i talked about this on the podcast with matt um we were at a shoot i was flying to a shoot uh this the auction ended on a thursday was it drawn on a thursday it was some random day of the week. I think, yeah, I it wasn't it was a weekend. A, I think it was a Thursday because I was flying to a shoot, and I remember being panicked on a plane, and we talked about this. And so, you know, we talked about it wasn't necessarily been getting super lucky and getting drawn. He went heavy into this raffle like we talked about. So you guys, you guys kind of know, like, the commitment that it takes to do this. And so some of your high marks are goals. They're financial goals. They're physical goals. They're pain goals, right, you know, right. for Clint. They're all just <laughs> – everyone's – and I agree with the pain goals. Like, it's sometimes the harder, more miserable hunts – when they're you're just like oh, we did it like this long grind and you end up with this giant animal or the, whatever the animal that was the goal or, or whatever i do like to be successful some guys just like oh i had i just loved being in the woods for two weeks and i didn't see anything but i got some sunset pictures like i don't think that's us I, it's not me <laughs> i i like that i like being out there but i do like like to be I wouldn't be being honest if I said I don't like to be successful in these hunts. Like, that's yeah. the goal. That's why we're out here. We're not going backpacking with the family. I've got a gun in the back of the truck. We're going to hunt. And you also, you, you come back after these extreme trips. You come back and you have this next level of appreciation for everything. The pillow on your bed, yeah. getting to see your family, your loved ones. Like, there's, there's this fulfillment you get on the back end of it too. Oh, yeah. So half the reason hot you go shower. away is to come back. Yeah. Hot shower. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Coming, coming back home is, uh, yeah. All the, all the color is turned up all the way around. Yeah. But I like the, you know, you're talking about the, the 18 day stone hunt. That one was, was a grinder, but that the 18 one, days, 18 days. Wow. And it rained for the first, what, seven or eight days hard. Yeah. Really I'm hard. Back up for another eight or nine. Yeah. Are, are you guys downloading a bunch of things on your phone in case that happens? Are you pinned down? Or are you trying no. to hunt in the rain the whole time? We hunted. We only spent two days in tent from a, it was, we, it was, we were too close to the sheep. We couldn't really move. To, we knew where they were at. We were moving in to kill them and this okay. fog bank rolled in. Oh, gotcha. And so it wasn't necessarily snow and rain. It was, it was kind of a misty light. I suppose if it was pouring down rain and blowing at that point, it would have been better because it probably would have blown out. But it was just kind of this stagnant 
like wet misty foggy you just you couldn't see 30 yards we couldn't move because we didn't want to blow the sheep out of the country right and so we were stuck that way we had some other days that had some snow but that was like as we were kind of riding in and hiking in so we, you could still keep doing what you need to do it was just not it was a little more miserable but it wasn't you wait know, for little pockets to open up in the fog yeah yeah but we were just stuck we just kind of pinned down that fog for a solid i mean it was a couple those couple two, yeah, two, two, three, two days. And a half, yep. three days something like that yeah it was it was longer than we like would you put that as the hardest hunt you've ever been on because of the length because of the elevation the challenge to get Ooh. to stone sheep or where would you put that on the spectrum that's, uh, a, that's for, way up there for me yeah so we did we did a bunch of days and i ended up killing i can't remember if i killed on day eight or ten or twelve somewhere around ten would be a good average i think is yeah it's nine ten or eleven is when you tagged out somewhere in there and then we were looking ben had already killed a big stone we've talked about this a little bit in the past but we were looking for a real this area is, is known for some giant sheep and so we were really holding out anyway we went a, a handful of more days checking new areas. <laughs> Quite a, we covered some ground. Huge we had horses ground, too. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground, and um, and then a lot of backpack. And we'd get into an area where a horse couldn't go, and then we would just backpack out for for days. Anyway, we ended up going home. We flew back. I was home for a day, and then I flew right back up there oh, and wow. I hunted another eight or nine days. And yeah, so by the end of that, I, we met a guy up there just a machine his name's blake awesome guy and he's like i'll go back out if you want to go back out and we'll if we find a sheep we'll call ben ben can fly back up and we'll and we'll try to kill a giant and anyway we found some good rams but nothing that i was comfortable having been fly back up for um but by the end of that yeah i was i was tuned up that's the best shape i've ever been in my life we would you look out at a mountain like this huge drainage and like in the first week you're like oh all right, we can get there by the end of the day. And then by the end of those, like, you know, three, four weeks of hike, and you're like, yeah, let's run over there. We'll glass off that edge, and we'll hit the next one, you know, in the afternoon. And <laughs> just we, a hop, skip, we and a jump. Just, yeah. It was amazing. It felt so good. So, yeah, that was the hardest, most fun, most picturesque. We, it sucked because we ate we ate that tag of bins. Um, he passed on great rams. Yeah, yeah, we had two at a couple hundred yards just standing there looking at us, but they were young, you know, eight-year-old, just, just barely there. They're good, and I told the good guys sheep that 90, 97% of people would be thrilled with, <laughs> maybe, 95%. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. I just, it just you there, wasn't, there wasn't a point to shoot it. I'd rather yeah. let them walk and then have it, you know, next year or two years from now, let somebody else get a nice bigger ram. It was just, it was, it was too early. It wasn't, and, yeah. and to me, I would have been able to appreciate it a whole lot. I was like, hey, you know, we tipped this thing over and it's, it's eight years old. It's legal, yeah. but it's not much other than that. And so, to me, it was more valuable to just let it let it keep going. Yeah, and you do that with a really clear conscience. Like I could maybe say that, but I don't know if I'd mean it as much as you do. And, and, <laughs> I yeah, know and, you mean it when you say that. And no, I'm like, I, oh my god, I've never even thought twice about that decision no, at I all. I just like there's two of them, and it was like, I think I, I think I was at 234 yards, and uh, we were looking down on them, not and, spooked or anything, and we just we looked them over, and we're like, hey, yeah, they're legal, but. No, you know, I vividly remember you looking at you like looked over at Blake and you're like, "Hey, let's just leave these for the next guy. We'll keep going." And yeah, he's like, "Sure." That, and he's that, like, and you're like, "Yep, let's go." And yeah, it was just not there. even a no. thought in your head. Like, yeah, and they were, were they were kind of surprised by that, and I just was yeah. like, "No, this is if if I shoot it, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. Um, it it feel like kind of a waste of a of a good ram. It, give it two more years, it'd be mm-hmm. a dandy for somebody, but to pull it off the hill that early is just it's you know that wasn't yeah. in my book. So, well, and you also having that patience and some people write this as their 
they wait their entire life for an opportunity to go and accomplish that, and they're not going to come back empty-handed. Yep. But kudos to you to be able to say you've got the work ethic, not just because you have the financial means, but you, you make the financial means to be able to go back and do yep. that. That's unique in itself. It is. I mean, that's a, that's a big, yeah, it's a big deal. Because I think a lot of people, myself included, they're like, you see these folks going on amazing hunts like Bighorn Sheep Hunt. How in the world do you guys attain the budget to do that? So it's just yep. you got to kind of have your head locked in. Obviously, you got to have some success in your business. You've yep. got to have some serious goals to set those finances aside and have a sweetheart beside you that allows you to go spend on those different things. But <laughs> right. No, it's that's pretty cool that you guys did that. So 18 days total, you said? Um, I was there for 18, right? and then the hunt was over. We were done at that wow. point, and then we you know john mostly talked i think it was a brief conversation with the outfitter but then blake volunteered to come back it was basically like an extension so it was almost like two hunts hmm. yeah because after 18 days we ever we, i mean we were we were done with the hunt the hunt was we over. Were over but over our time to start with yeah I think it was a two week or whatever i think we'd gone four or five days over what we were supposed to be doing okay and we were just pushing really really hard so i had to come back home and get to work mm-hmm. and um and uh John was like, hey, I'm going to take one more swing at this. Because we had heard, you know, the goal was there was supposed to be a giant in that unit. And yeah. so we had kind of made that one of the one of the challenges. Like, hey, let's see if we can turn this thing up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, kind of just basically gave gave everything good on that one and then, yeah. and are then you, packed are, it in. Are you just eating backpacker meals for that many days? Yeah. And we ate some, we ate some of my sheep. But mostly just yeah, you're mostly yeah, just freeze dry. We, we ate pretty good on that. It was it was rationed yeah. pretty we had well. Horses, which was nice because we got like we were taking we take horses for like full a day day and a half ride in set up camp. Very cool. And then we could spike from there. So yeah, we had like good food. We had we had eggs. We had like like legit like good food. We had a block of cheese, <laughs> some Tillamook <laughs> cheese. So like I mean some real yeah, it was good. You pull um, you pull out our organ. Yeah, I, I imported it. I imported <laughs> it up to Canada. So, um, but no, that was yeah. So we, I flew back with Ben, and then, like I said, I was home for I think a day and a half or two days. I did some work paperwork and left again. and Went straight back. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, we went into the other side of the unit, and then covered this big mountain range. And again, it saw some dandy rams. We saw I saw one ram that was hard. It was far away, and it was just we set on it all day and waited for it to clear up that night and watched it all night and till dark and blake and i were back and forth back and forth back and we're like it's just not it's a big ram but it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't the giant that that was you know in theory was there so it's just not quite enough to call ben and you know we're texting like hey we got a good one but it's not don't think it's the one so it was it was fun saw a lot of sheep um you know see some saw a giant grizzly kind of worked around and saw we had all kinds of adventures on that hunt, but um, what's, yeah, that, that was what's, a good one. what's that elevation running? It's low, dude. The mountains are low up there. Um, I think up at the peaks, it was it was only was it six to eight? I think. Okay, yeah, 60, I don't, it's not real high it's elevation. Like elk country. Yeah, even when you go up like the territories above tree tree line in the Northwest Territories is low. I think mm-hmm. where you killed your ram, it was seven thousand foot because we spent nine. I think we spent nine days. Yeah, was it nine days at seven thousand foot up on top there? Yeah, it was something like that. It's not, but it's not like you're in Colorado at you know twelve thousand right. no. feet in sheep country or something like that. It's definitely different. It's cool because you get into the Alpine and you can still breathe, which is handy. Versus <laughs> Colorado, yeah. you're fourteen thousand feet or something, thirteen, and you're you know you know. So it's kind of fun being relatively low elevation for for Alpine and tree level and all that. So jumping from this to Bighorn, 
I know I'm going to peel out after the bighorn hunt, and then you guys are going to Northwest Territories? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. we got a cancellation uh, tag for uh, doll sheep with yeah. uh, Mackenzie Mountain Outfitters. That's oh, where John yeah. hunted last year mm-hmm. and killed a gorgeous 160-inch doll, 40, yeah. 40 inches. Um, so, yeah, they had a cancellation and called us, and we grabbed it that day and just and that was that was before we knew that we had this tag. This tag, yeah. we, I drew it two days after that. The date for this hunt is August first. The date for that hunt is August third, and uh, we will make it to both of them on time. So McKenzie Mount MMO Maybe. is what you reference. Have you hunted with those guys before? Also, just that last year was okay. the first time. Okay, gotcha. um, yep. a cancellation hunt. It was a yeah crazy. Anyway. I ended up up there last year, which was amazing. And usually we hunt together, and this is the first time I was up there a solo. And then been, and then we were going up to Cold Bay a few weeks later, and so it was fun. I was got up there, kind of got to know the camp, how they run things. And then um, Nate French is uh, the guy who going back with this year. He's the guy I hunted with last year. Real chill, mellow, had a great time. Um, so that's it'll be fun. And then we're just going up there, just trying to find Ben a big ram. He killed a doll in 2015. Okay, um, an old an older ram, but not a not a very big ram. So it's going to be fun to look for a, a bigger ram. And 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 it, it's we've hunted a lot of places. I feel like I could say the territories is number one on my list. It, 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 we, BC's gorgeous. There's a lot of cool spots. Guaranteed, Northwest Territories is top three places I've ever been. How would hunting. you How would you compare stone sheep, doll sheep, bighorn sheep? What do you, What are you looking for mostly when you're trying to size these guys up? What varies? Oh, I'm not a. I'm not. I don't pretend to claim to be an expert in okay. any of them compared to a lot of the guys we hunt with that have been on you know, 100 sheep kills. So I don't want to pretend i'm anything i'm not i've been we've been on we've been on a hand i mean i i guess we're probably pushing 10 10 12 sheep kills so not not a ton but but more than some and they're just some of its personal preference bit chime in anytime but when i started sheep hunting before i didn't you kind of had the stereotypical call them hollywood ram or fancy rams mm-hmm. those big long lamb tips is what they call them you're like oh i want a ram like that and then kind of the more you hunt you figure out how rams are scored and those big heavy broomed off rams you can start to appreciate different aspects of sheep you start to appreciate age more than you did when you see a big mule deer yeah. you just shoot a big mule deer and you're like hey did you send a tooth in to get aged well some people do some people don't but a 200 inch mule deer is a 200 inch mule deer um, sheep is a lot about age. Like when Ben was referencing the eight-year-old earlier, you know, it's like, hey, let that thing get me nine or ten. A lot of these places, you try to not kill sheep till they're ten, mm-hmm. like, you know, up in the territories. Some years are harder. They'll shoot nine-year-olds or just maybe you get a big younger ram. But there's there's so many different aspects of what I'm saying and just personal preference of what you like. But just learning. It's fun being around experienced guides. You learn base, you know, base length you know broomed off hollywood or you know fancy rams you know, all the different stuff it's just fun to learn about a different animal and to me the more i hunt them the more i respect them um all those things go hand in hand but i have not i've been on one cali bighorn hunt i've never been on a rocky hunt so this is all new to me yeah oh, neither awesome. one of us have been actually yeah so this is this is and if you i don't you haven't been on a cali this is first bighorn hunt in general yep. like cali's yeah. cali was my uh, california but when i say cali there's california bighorns there's rocky mountain bighorns california bighorns are a little thinner typically a little smaller than rockies rockies are those giant 
heavy, big base, stereotypical Rams you guys see in pictures from, like, mm-hmm. the mines in Alberta, like the Cadman Mine or whatever that place is. There's those stereotypical heavy Rams um, where Cali is a little bit more, what, a little more deserty, kind of a rocky desert cross almost or something. I don't even know what to. It's like your bench like buck. Yeah, kind of a uh, just a little smaller, hybrid. I guess. Yeah, so I don't are, know. Are you, when you see some of these older Rams too, are they getting kind of that sag in their back, bigger bellies, got a slower yeah. Yeah. gait to them when they're walking? Or Yeah, you'll see those older, they'll sway back Rams, and you'll see. Okay. You can you can see age on, on Rams, I think. more, And I've hunted more of the stones than the doll. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? You can see an old Ram. You see yeah. their hips kind of. Their hips are kind of gaunted out, and then, yeah, they got that more pot belly, and their back sometimes swayed. The one that we're potentially going after here in the next day or two it's really old um it's having it's limping around on its front left i think it's limping so it's you know it's time it's i I don't know if it's going to make it through the winter um this year it's at the tail end of its life which is perfect and it's it's giant it's huge and um yeah you know we're not we're not harvesting it early yeah had a chance to spread the old genetics <laughs> yeah. are they uh yeah. typically the older ones are they getting kind of a roman nose also yeah you can okay. get them sometimes yeah sometimes they'll get big they're big uh, it seems like the sometimes you'll see see them more again i'm not a sheep expert but you'll see i don't know if they're fighting more and some are more fighting than others and they'll get like more mm-hmm. broke up broke up roman nose than other sheep but some sheep have it some sheep don't as much I don't know. I've seen that more on, on, like, my stone that I got was really big. That yeah. one had a pretty good Roman nose, and then the taxidermist really captured that, too. And then the uh, my desert sheep, that was yeah. really, really, I mean, and those seem to have really, the older ones have really, really broken up, you know. And what happens is that bone on the nose gets, you know, broken and heals and broken and the heels are just repeats. I'm guessing that's part of it. Um, but just, you'll, you'll see that, and unfortunately that, different taxidermists that we used didn't didn't catch that in my in my mount that pedestal mount yeah. it, it doesn't really show in that yeah. um i haven't noticed much as on dolls no i haven't either seen. but um yeah i was watching um uh, i was telling ben i was watching alan smith put a cool youtube video out of his bighorn sheep in the same spot we're going yeah so i was using that as my reference point to figure out all right you need some gloves you're getting into some prickly brush environments yeah i'm um, just trying to get my eyes on what people are wearing to prepare for this yeah. they had some gators because um, yep. each region you go to you never know what you're gonna have to pack in there yeah so we're coming from it sounds like you have kind of the option you go through the bottom up the river on a boat or you come over the top we're coming over the top right yep, yep. okay yeah it sounds like it's the rounds just a few thousand feet below camp um i think we can get rigs not terribly far we don't have to we don't have to do any plane rides or horse rides we're just trucks and then backpacking trucks and so work our way it's gonna be hot um we left the house down the valley's been cool down uh, come out of we met in portland this morning it was 70 75 degrees we're up a little over 90 now it's supposed to be pretty hot over here so we'll be packing all our water in but yeah it's going to just be dry you know hell's canyon country so just you rocky were, and brushy and dry you were telling me on uh, camera right when you you and ben met up in the parking lot but Tell everyone what you're using for weapon of choice. Yeah, well, bringing the 300 Norma. Ben's a Ben's a big horsepower guy, so he's uh, he he likes that 300 Norma we've been using. Um, shooting 215 burgers, just over 3,000. Shot pretty good, about 3015, 3020. Um, hits pretty hard. So we kind of go back and forth on. We've been shooting a 6.5 PRC quite a bit, but this does hit a fair bit harder than that. Um, 
pros and cons to both, but that's what we're running. So. And were you saying that in it in your backyard? Yep. Yeah. Just it's. I've been. We shot it a bunch last year. We shot our. We shot our woodland caribou with it, uh, muskox. So we've killed some things with it. Um, I was able to. I was short on powder that I really like for this round. It's been for a while. It was hard to get some reloading components. Last few years, as you guys know, <laughs> preaching the choir here. But um, anyway, I was running a powder I didn't love. And I got a bunch more of a powder that I really like, so I redid load development for it. That's really the only change. I kind of worked up a load with the powder I liked and got it shooting. It's been shooting really good. So, what, What's it take to load a bullet? I've actually never seen anybody do one. Loading a bullet's easy. Getting the, the load the gun likes the most can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Okay. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. Um, you just, uh, for me, when I say load development, I'm, I, I, I got a bunch of H1000. It's a powder I like. I was out. I was running low, so... Mm-hmm holding on to that but i got a whole bunch of it and um anyway just you're kind of working up charge weights tweaking seating depth i was i knew i wanted to run i was running the 230s but i was out of those so I was, i've got 215 so i was going to do my best to make that bullet shoot which generally it does with the norma so a burger 215 hybrid um started with that bullet lapua brass and then i was just h1000 and working my way up uh just different speeds just checking groups at 600 yards and then messing with seating depth how far in and out you seat the bullet just to mm-hmm. find a load i really like do, so, you, do you put them on a scale or anything to know i, I i'm not very knowledgeable in this department <laughs> but are, are you like how are you after you make the bullet do you put them on any sort of scale or what are you doing to make sure they're perfectly accurate to kind of pair each bullet as you make them the uh yeah i mean um uh, I have the powder. Yeah, I throw on powder scales. They're called FX 120s. They're a lab scale, and there's okay. a there. Yeah, there's a company that makes a powder thrower and a tri- yeah, it trickles the powder and it weighs to the kernel. Uh, generally, a H 1000 kernel is point zero four, what a four hundredths of a grain. I'm, my mind space right now uh, is one kernel. So you can you can go down to that if you want to pick kernels out. that's what i do gotcha. so I it. yeah it's exactly the same okay. your presses are all the same i mean um yeah it's loading perfect all the guys like the podcast guys are all most of you guys are pretty shooting guys so they're laughing at me right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a dumb question no it's good from, it's good it's, it's, it's fun to get a different perspective for sure so. yeah and then what what distance were you sighting the gun in at before this trip just to get it prepped well i sighted in at 100 but okay. i just usually do a lot of group checking at 600 600 okay um a lot of, well I do I do 100 and I shoot some stuff at 340 and I shoot some stuff at 6 just the way my range is at my house uh-huh. and that's generally what I do for all my comps too is like if I have a gun shooting good consistent speeds at, you know good groups at 100 shooting great at 600 mm-hmm. uh, get it all dialed in for that and that's how I go to comps I've done really well so I don't usually I like to have a thousand yard at the house but I don't so and you're a you're a loophole guy you have a loophole scope on that yep. Yep, Mark Five. Mark Five. So that we've gone between that and, and have we have night forces on uh, some of the some guns too. So okay. just but most everything's Mark Fives or night forces. I like the Mark Five. It's it's a lot. It's a uh, fair bit lighter scope for the lightweight guns, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like the Mark Five is uh, very very uh, durable. I'm wondering, um, are you are you gonna cry, Ben, when you hit number twenty nine? <laughs> I don't what's think the, so. What, I what's the emotion you're going to put on camera? Yeah, <laughs> who knows, right? Be, it won't be much. It's going to be, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because it takes a minute to kind of sink in. And we did the last two years so fast and mm-hmm. so aggressive. I mean, so so quick, we didn't have time to do a podcast. We were talking about, okay, when's the next opportunity we can do a podcast together? Right. 
we just banged out 10, 10 or 11 species just in crazy the last hunts. year. It was just um, race, meet at the airport, let's go, jump on a plane. You oh. race off the plane, you get, you know, it's midnight, you get in the hotel, you're up at four. And it was just, it was like that on every <laughs> distance. We didn't seem like we had any, like, There's sometimes no it feels like we end up in Anchorage for a day and a half, or you end up killing some time somewhere. It didn't, it felt like everything was just bang, bang, bang. Just yeah, it was, it was really surprising. You're kind of seeing those those moments go by and you're like oh man we're gonna stop we should stop and talk about this and share with other people and you can't you're getting on the next plane and going i mean we went from one to the next last year was last year was our number one busiest hunt season that we'd ever had on on the books i think we did john got seven new species in north america plus 10 animals in africa and i got did i get five new species yeah i think it was five so we had a really good year also no mishaps no accidents, no misses, no do-overs. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we just went 16 for 16, which wow. was unbelievable. We picked up a couple extra animals. At least I got one wolverine on an Arctic hunt. Does, that does not um, apply to the 29 North American species, but it does go to the Rex Baker Super 40. So <laughs> if you get bored after you get the 29 done, you can start chipping away at that. Um, Who's your taxidermist? He's going to be busy. Might as well hire him full time. Yeah, right. Dewey Wildlife Studios has got all of our stuff, and there's just kind of a steady stream going in and coming out. Um, so, yeah, the next two years, there's going to be some really, really cool stuff coming back to the house. Life-size bison showed up um, a couple months ago. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Dwayne Dewey called. He goes, hey, that was that was the pinnacle mount uh, for the season is what he told me. He said, he said we had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's a really, really good mount. So I saw cool. that in your garage this morning. It's just like, holy cow. Yeah. That was a Henry Mountains bison. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a cool hunt. I haven't, seen that. I haven't seen that mount yet. Yeah. It, the pictures look crazy. I was like, it's kind of, I just got like, sort of laughing. Monica's like, Monica, my wife was like, what? What are you? I was like, I was like, look at it. She's like, oh my gosh. It's, yeah. Oh, it's big. <laughs> it well, and then he's, he's got his brown bear next to it. So yeah. when you see those side by side, it just gives you a yep. totally different perspective of how how big a bear is yeah. when it's life-size mounted next to a bison. That's pretty unreal. It's pretty yep. cool. Oh. So, okay, where are we at? Do you want to talk about I, – we, I did talk about the the process for this tag. Um, just a quick my perspective. Do you want to add anything on, on making this hunt happen or anything about Oregon or Rockies in general or what do you – Just the uh, – I don't know a lot about Rockies in general at all. Uh, we saved this one for the last because it's it was kind of the pinnacle, and it completes the 29. For me, it completes the 29, yep. and then it, it also completes my Sheep Slam. But why Oregon over yeah, anywhere else? Wherever else, there's Rockies. Um, Oregon's been kind of the sleeper state for big Rockies for the last few years, and we kind of knew that, but we were also kind of circling slowly going, okay, yeah, we, we think we want to do Oregon, but we want to wait. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, we waited, and it's tough because the price went up by more than double. <laughs> the word's um, got out. It's not so much a sleeper state Yeah, it's anymore. not a sleeper state anymore. <laughs> it's one of the best ones. So, yep. But, no, we, we kind of put a crosshair on, um, on Oregon, and we had no backups at, at all. It was just we're doing Oregon. Mm-hmm. We take a swing at the Oregon raffle tag or nothing else. So yep. my biggest fear was that we would, um, we would end up having to wait, not draw it, and then have to try again next year. And then you get all the way to animal number 28, which that's where we're at now. And then you have to wait a whole year, 14 months to try and finish. So um, that was a huge relief to draw that tag on the first try. It was probably the the most... 
um, I don't know, it, it, it carried the most weight getting that tag. I mean, the other tags are usually just stressful. I mean, I don't, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I'd say, hands down the most. I mean, you've had some raffle tags and stuff. So you've gone auction tags. Yeah, we've done some, some raffle stuff, but not at this level not the way it accelerated no, like it was it was really we thought we, we, we'd just you know throw a bunch of money at it and we'd kind of have the majority of the of the raffle tags kind of buying the pot um it did not go that way we only had a 56 <laughs> percent of pot and pulled it with with that so that part was coming down to a coin cause, toss. Cause it was basically a coin toss on on this tag and um so yeah massive relief um partly financial but partly because the, <laughs> just not, I didn't want to wait. I, that was that was the biggest deal to me. Like, yeah, I did not you get your goals. Like I said, Vince super goal oriented. He gets goal oriented. He gets that in his head. He's like, I'm doing it. And so you, he just had this year in his head. He's like, and that's where it was. It, oh man, it was stressful. I wish I could put into words that <laughs> waiting <laughs> I, for the raffle to dude, figure right, out. Well, we ended on that plane, and I texted you. I was so nervous. And yeah, because we didn't hear for. I, they said the raffle was the draw was going to start at two o'clock. And it was 2.50. Still hadn't heard anything. Mm-hmm. And so finally I reached out to you because I wasn't going to watch it live at all. And so I just, I text the outfitter and maybe I called him and he goes, hey, your, your tag is up in like three minutes. Because so they, they do the Rocky tag the very last of all the deer and elk and oh. all the tags. The Rocky tag's the last. It's the big flagship tag for the state. Yep. So anyway, so yeah, we nailed that one my phone erupted and just <laughs> massive wave of relief you know just kind of swept over me and that one that was as close to emotional as i ever got on on any type of a hunt just yeah. the, the relief of getting that because of the, you know yeah. the, mainly the weight but also the cost yeah that's a lot of raffle tickets <laughs> how many people are going on this this trip beyond the three of us, you got a pretty good crew that's all pretty pumped to be there to support you. Yeah, so we got Dan Blankenship is heading it up. Um, he's with Sheep Mountain Outfitters. Yep. Ironically, he um, he is from Alaska, Washington, where we all grew up. So John yeah. and I both lived same area, and uh, he's from there too. So we kind of go way back with at least his family. I didn't meet him until more recently, mm-hmm. um, but he'll be there with his crew, and then Calvin Halliday is a good friend of John's. I'd say he's probably the the main reason why yeah, he started to work reaching this. out. He's a part, I guess, I don't know what percentage, but he's a part owner. I think Dan's majority owner. I'm not sure how it works for Sheep Mountain and, and Cal's part owner of Sheep Mountain has worked with him forever. Dan's or Cal started reaching out to me. We kind of knew each other through mutual friends and social media, just like kind of a weird world. And uh, years ago we we'd talking and he knew we were hunting more, and I would kind of ask him about Rockies, and he reached out, like, early, early before Oregon took off. He's like, hey, guys, we got some Rams here. He goes, this is a sleeper state. You let Ben know. And hindsight's twenty twenty. It was a lot of money then, It's a, but it's a lot less than it is now because yeah. the word's out. And so he was like, if you can swing it, and he's like, oh, not right now. I can't do it. It's you know, anyway, long, but he's been great. He's been keeping us posted, and they've been killing big rams. And finally, you know, we worked through everything, and Rocky's the last animal for Ben, and, and it worked out. So can't, uh, Cal's, like, really been, I don't know what you – he wasn't, like, trying to sell us, but he was, like, trying to hook us up. Like Yeah, it was just awesome information. Just and, and for we, year after year after year, and it, and it worked out. So. Yeah, he probably started giving us a heads up about 2015 or 16, if I remember. Yeah, I think it was. Like maybe, yeah, yeah, 16, 17, so quite a while. Been a long time. And so in, in my head, I was like, well, I'm just going to save that one for the last, you know, give myself a kind of a game plan to work through the 
I don't know, I guess the less significant animals, um, which was a whole lot of stops. And then, and, you know, and then, you know, kind of go out with a bang, save, save the biggest animal. Because yeah. I think between a stone sheep and a rocky out of the 29, those are probably some of the biggest hunts, tags yep. to pull down. Yep. Um, so, For sure. yeah, that's how we ended up, you know, in this lineup like this. And then we've got John closing in on, on his 29. He's at number 25. He's got 25 yep. done. He's got four left. Nice. Yep. So um, maybe next year we're taking a swing um, at this this same tag again next year, and we might try for Washington and and Idaho as well. We'll see. And then what, uh, what? Matt Alwine's also coming on this hunt. You guys all know him on the podcast. Um, he's he goes five six hours away, and he's he's bringing a he's going to bring camera. We got Clint's the master the video guy, but we're going to do a little backup film. Uh, he's got a camera with a good zoom. We're going to play with that. And then Brandon Hamilton's coming. He's uh, turned into a friend that we met him last year on a he guides for lance kronberger up in unically alaska and so uh ben we talked i mentioned this on the podcast shane passed away ben was at the funeral the other day and brandon was there and 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 you guys i don't know you guys were talking like hey you want to come out to the hunt and yeah i just followed him told him to jump in with us if he had time and um so he jumped all over it so so he's coming in i think it's going to be a pretty the these guys cal and dan have been keeping an eye on this ram it's it's kind of a it's, it's kind of weird we're finishing the 29 in oregon we're driving to this place um we kind of have a pretty good idea where this ram's at we're, we're getting over there today we're hiking tomorrow eyes on them and then hopefully shoot them tuesday morning so it, it shouldn't be we got some hiking to do but it shouldn't i don't think it's going to be a 10-day grind but we'll we, we will get back to you in a few days yeah. <laughs> if everything goes as planned it should be a tuesday morning opening morning deal um, but that's who's going to be here. So it's Ben and I, uh, Clint, uh, Matt, and Brandon, and then Cal's. Cal's. Uh, we're meeting Cal there, and that might just it might be us. It's a decent group, but it's a bunch of buddies. It should be pretty low key and fun. And with your uh, with your stone sheep, you kind of had your bar set. What's your what's your bar for the bighorn? We've always just hoped to crack 190. Is just like unbelievable, and which so is giant. It's giant, giant. giant. Yeah. yeah, I mean anything. Anything above 185 for a Rocky's great. So yep. if you can get to 190, that's, you've, I don't know, you're pretty that's happy. Big. I, don't, big. I don't know what that equivalent is to a deer and elk. Like, I don't know if a 190 is like a 210 mule deer or a 200 or a 220. It's big. It's, it's real big. I might say 220. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's big. We're, but what, what we, you know, the homework that, that uh, Dan. Dan's done this is basically there's there's two big ones in the unit this is one of the two big ones they can't tell which one's bigger they're that close mm-hmm. so there's just a different we, look we've got an oregon tag and we're going to drop one of the two biggest rams in oregon yep. that we know of so um, and they've, and they've been scouting for, yeah. for quite a while i mean these guys monitor and kind of pay attention to what's what's happening out there all you know all throughout all years so yeah and then ben what do you have left for species to get the 29 Obviously, bighorn, but what? What are the, no, what are this, the other ones? This is it. This is it. This is the last one. Or sorry, I mean, uh, John. Oh sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a Sitka blacktail, which should be relatively straightforward. Okay. Um, uh, wolf. They took off one of the uh, caribou species and replaced it with wolf, kind of an alternate. Hmm. Um, this is a few years ago. Uh, and I've got some lines talking with buddy Dylan and some different guys. Uh, some Wyoming options, some Idaho. Talk to James about some Idaho options. So this winter, I'm going to try to spend a fair chunk of time, December, January, maybe January, February, 
trying to get a wolf. If if we, maybe we'll find one in the territories next week. I mean, yeah. there's always I, every time I've been there, I've seen one. I've just never got. I've never shot at a wolf. Hmm. Um, so wolf's on there. So sickle blacktail wolf, uh, polar bear, and rocky big one. Nice. So two decent. Uh, Financially doable ones and two crazy ones. Yeah. One crazy. The Rocky is, Rockies are are, like you just said. Rockies and Stones seem like they have just. Rockies have always been tough, and Stones have really ran away the last few they, years they price both wise. Basically just, doubled since we started getting into this. I mean, it was yeah. Stones was are working 30, on tripling right yeah, now. Yeah, thirty thirty five thousand for a stone a couple years ago when we went after them, and now they're they're a solid double. They're they're sixty to seventy five. Yep. There was a multiple places at Sheep Show this year selling them from eighty to one hundred and five. Jeez, which is in, which is on the high end, but still, that was un- it's just it's and crazy. You're still stone sheep hunting. That's yep. you know I don't know what the odds are of being successful on a stone sheep hunt, but I'd say it's the lowest odds out of all four sheep. Yeah, I've talked to more guys that have eaten stone tags than most other tags, yep. Um, yep. for sure. It's an expensive record button press. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it crazy. Is. It's crazy. Well, I'm excited. This is, uh, yeah, this is kind of uncharted territory. I've hunted all over eastern Washington, so as far as terrain like that goes, but changing up the species, different part of Oregon, uh, just the crazy depth that this canyon has, Hell's Canyon. Yeah, I think it's 8,000 8, vertical feet almost. Yep. So. These sheep are supposed to be hanging out at the around the six uh, 6,000 to 6,500 foot level, so... They're saying we drop, you know, maybe 2,000 feet down. Okay. Uh, so we're coming down from the top. Yeah. But it's hot. It's 90 plus yeah. and um, gets chilly at night. So we'll see. Um, let's touch yeah. in on some of last, I guess it wasn't even last season. It was just a couple months ago. John and I did yeah, our Yeah, we did start bouncing through all kinds of yeah, stuff. <laughs> so catch you guys up on um, some of our Arctic travels, which was a whole new backdrop for hunting in North America. I've never been there until... Uh, this last year so we did two trips to the arctic yep and uh, one of them was just a couple months ago we did muskox up in cambridge bay which is way north um northern canada all the yep. way well up and over the arctic circle so you're you're mm-hmm. definitely in it um that was an incredible hunt what, was that mar end of march or april i think it was the end of march i think okay 20 20th yeah and it was goodness it was cold real cold My, minus 40 minus 42 somewhere in there on the colder days yeah. Um, we landed in Cambridge Bay and then traveled 100 miles on snow machine, uh, getting pulled in the, you know, you're in a sled and they're pulling you. But uh, out across the open frozen ocean, never done that before, you're on about six foot of ice yeah. and uh, got into an area there and pretty good muskox just scattered all throughout. All There was four of us in camp, got to know the other two hunters really well, a couple good of guys. guys. Yeah. Um, still been in touch with them actually just recently. Yeah. But uh, all four of us got really, really nice musk ox. I, we'll see what it looks like when it comes back from the taxidermist, but that might be one of my favorite. That's a beautiful animal. Just the crazy trophy looking. is crazy on that. Just the hair, the horns, the hooves, the whole thing. It looks prehistoric. It looks well, like it's from Star Wars. Watching hmm. them move around out there is unreal. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited to get that one back. I'm doing a full body mount on, on yeah. that. Um, but yeah, super, cool. super unique. Um, getting to know the Inuit people was also, you know, pretty neat, but but great to sit down and spend time talking to those guys, get their perspective on on their world yeah. um, instead of us looking at it through TV and media ab- about the Arctic and what's there and 
the animals that are there. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really cool to talk to those guys. Did you yeah. get some uh, authentic food experiences while you're out there? They tried a little bit, but a lot of that stuff Not a is uh, it's it's pretty oily. It'll it'll tear you up pretty bad. <laughs> if on you the first try. one up there, I tried. I was like, "Come on, give me some whale. Let's go." Oh. And the guy, he wouldn't do it. He's like, "Nope." I'm like, come on, why not? He goes, last time I gave it to a hunter, <laughs> he, he just goes, he just walked around and shit, 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 shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's no. what he said. He goes, he was sick for two days. And I was like, all right, fine, I don't want any. But um, <laughs> I, anyway, but yeah, they do. They He was talking about they cut off, I mean, they use these giant, like, knives on big poles, and they cut these big blocks. They look like blocks you build, build an igloo with. Like blubber. Of just, yeah, blubber and meat. And they stick them down in the gravel, bury them, and they let them fer- ferment, I guess, and dig huh. them up before it freezes solid in the in the fall. And so I don't know. I think your gut's got to be kind of used to eating rotten fatty meat. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not something you, you know. You probably I, I you might things, get sick, but. and so he's probably right. But we, I mean, no, it was pretty much. I mean, everything you take out there. They put in these thermoses, and then they put them in coolers, and it's all to keep it from freezing rock solid. And so you try to open them up and reheat them on a stove before they freeze up. And But it wasn't – It was. we went all the way out. They had these little cabins, and they had these little diesel heaters. So we took some diesel out there, and you get these little heaters going. And so, like, I, slept, I was on the floor in the cabin, and my sleeping pad would have ice on it in the morning, but it was comfortable. Like, it was those, – those stoves definitely took the edge off. You could sleep totally comfortable. So it wasn't awful. It was pretty stinking cold outside. But um, Can you feel the water moving when you're out there on that transportation? Can you actually no. feel the movement? Or no. it's frozen? So it's frozen. frozen. It's, it's ground. Yeah. It's, it's hard to even tell. You're like, are we on, are we on water or are we okay. on land? And you kind of look in and, and half the time you can't even tell. Yeah, if it's flat, if you're flat ground, if you're flat on the land, you can't tell the difference between snow and water. You can only tell on the land if you... Like it blows out there, right? So if there's any like hills and stuff on the mm-hmm. on the land, you'll see some rocks and some stuff where the snow blows off of. So. What's what's kind of the distance you're shooting muskox at? Close, real close. They let you, you get I mean, you can't walk. You can't. You know, you run on snowmobiles and you get ahead of them, and ideally, you kind of get ahead of them, figure out which one you want to shoot, and try to. Their their defense is kind of they'll definitely run, but they also will bunch up and kind of stop. And so it's not. I don't want to. It's not some epic hunt where you're. Bat, you're you're you got so much clothes you can hardly walk you're it's it take it does take a while to find them you ride and ride you do a lot of snowmobile riding mm-hmm. once you find them it's generally if you find a bull you like you can kill it's not like this big adventurous hunt you'd want to do again like i like i could hunt doll sheep in the territories every day for the rest of my life just experience wise that is like go up you experience it you get to know the people it's to me it's a kind of a one and done thing check it off your bucket list yeah unless you want yeah. to get if if, if you want to chase you want, a giant. If you want to get a really, really big one and go back and put the time in, or you wanted a couple different mount styles for your trophy room. There, you could say that, that Greenland dry hunt looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's just the hair is shorter. Like, you can go to Greenland earlier in the year. Um, you can hunt that in, like, July. There's no snow on the ground. It looks like a really cool hunt. Awesome terrain. You can you can fish kind of on the ocean there. You can hunt. And, and there's caribou and muskox. That looks like a really cool hunt. Uh, but the hair's not very long on the muskox, which is a big part of it. Kind of like a mountain goat. It's a big part of the trophy mm-hmm. after seeing that hair, like, drag on the ground. It looks like Cousin It from the Adams Family. Like, the hair drags on the ground. They're like, they, they're a crazy-looking animal. Yeah, it's like so. hunting your wolf later season, right? Get yeah, a better coat on them. Just big hair. Yeah, a lot of hair. So huh. that was one. What was I don't know. Do you want to go over your 
yeah, the, so we, the, uh, the prior time to the Arctic? Yeah, so we, we needed caribou. We were hammering through our caribou list because there's five minus one, the Labrador Quebec. They pulled that one off, so I already had two wolves from, I think it was about 2007 or eight. so I already had that box checked, which was really, really cool. Yeah. And then, uh, but we still needed a, what, central barren ground? Yep. Yeah, what are, what are all the species for caribou? There's, there's yep. barren ground, there's mountain or woodland, and central barren ground. Yep. And, and Quebec Labrador. Quebec, yeah, yep. Quebec Labrador. Okay. Used to, they, and caribou are weird species. They really fluctuate in numbers. They'll have these huge herds of them, and they'll go up and down. Anyway, Quebec Labrador, from my understanding, was they would, you could buy two tags, you go at least two tags, and there was just caribou everywhere, and they're on a decline right now, so they've cut all those tags way back, and they, I think they stopped hunting. Locals can hunt them, but I think they stopped um, a lot of hunting, and then so those that herd probably will be bounce back over the next years. And they're, they're caribou are kind of funny animal. Anyway, that's off the that they took that off the list. It's been out a few years. What four, year, year two? Four? Yeah, I don't know when they or stopped it, but they that's when you years. know the the Ovis switched for the twenty nine. They added the wolf just about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so yeah, we were just hammered through the caribou, and we we found a place where we could do uh, caribou and bear at, on the same trip. So mm-hmm. people ask, what's the best, you know, what was your best hunt out of, the, out of it so far? And then, they, you know, what was the hardest? The, the least, probably my least favorite one or the most uneventful was probably the central barren ground caribou. Yep. Where we were at, it wasn't, it wasn't much of a hunt and the animals were pretty small. Yep. So that was, that was probably one of them that was really just a box check. We got really, really good examples of the other caribou all yep. throughout. Both John and I have got really nice ones. Yep. Um, so that one was kind of underwhelming, but we got it done, and it, and we piggybacked it with another species on that one, and we got bear on that trip too. But, um, yeah, that was probably the, I, what I'm thinking about, probably the most underwhelming yeah. uh, out of the 29 so far. And yep. we could always go back and redo it. Even the outfitter said, hey, he goes, yeah, you might want to come back and just, you know, do over, come back with a better trophy for that one. Gotcha. Yeah. But they're not, and 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 even a the, the species vary a fair bit, and even a giant central barren ground doesn't compare to a mountain caribou or it's a big barren ground. So even a big, uh, like it's like a woodland caribou. They're generally a smaller animal. They're super cool, yeah. but they're, a big one of those is smaller. Same with central barren, yep. smaller than the big mountain caribou. They're just giant. So anyway. Um, we, yeah, we're kind of working backwards through the year, but well, if, yeah, we're, if we're going to keep going backwards, then we, um, I guess, uh, you had to bail work got crazy. And then you stepped out, we had a bunch of back to back stuff and you stepped out of the BC Canadian moose hunt yeah. and Ty took that and Ty and I did do a podcast on that. So you guys heard about that, the British Columbia moose hunt. And then right before that we were in Uniclete and we didn't talk yep. about that a lot. So that was for your grizzly bear, and then I and then I hunted grizzly and and uh, Alaskan moose there, which was uh, that's where we met Brandon, the guy that's coming with us on this hunt. So, what do you think of that hunt? That's where we met Shane. Yep, freaking Shane. Yep. So yeah, we just lost Shane a uh, month, month and a half ago, two months ago, with that pilot in the same place hunting spring bears. Yeah, so. they went back to the same area that we had just hunted in the fall, and their plane went down on takeoff, and neither one of pilot nor him made it. Uh. But. Um, 
aside from that, our yeah. our trip with them was incredible. I put nine yeah. days in and then flew home. John stayed and got his uh, Alaskan moose with them. Yeah. He was up there for thirteen. Yeah, um, super fun. But that was probably one of the one of the. We had a lot of really good hunts last year, so it's we hard did. to line them up. But that's that's probably I the top would, two yeah. in, in my mind for Guaranteed. the for the season. Yeah. Um, incredible 100%. spot. Some of the best guides that we've worked with um, yep. were on that trip. So, yeah, that was a good one. And then um, pretty good setup on on decent long-range shots. I shot my Grizzly at 500 even, made a perfect shot on it, and put it down right in the short grass, which was a real big deal to Shane. Yeah, um, he had been, he'd been <laughs> mauled prior. He got mauled really bad in real 2018. Bad. So um, Yeah, they don't was, like when they run off. No. So yeah. it was real important to him that we, we put it down hard. And that was the longest uh, shot he'd ever let a client take on a on a bear. But um, with the loads that we got, I was using my my heavy gun on that one, yep. shooting 300 gram bullets, and just flipped that thing upside down. We got it all on video. Um, we haven't seen that whole video yet, but it should be really really good. Uh, we had cameras rolling pretty much front to back on that whole that whole trip. Yep. And how far was your moose shot? <sighs> I can't remember <laughs> i was just thinking that i was like gosh yeah. i it was seven something and i can't remember exactly a good moose yes great moose yeah. um i mean the moose they kill up there is like a whole i didn't know moose like that existed to be honest mm. and yeah i killed a great moose um it, it was it was great uh brandon and i peeled off i had killed my bear um that morning or the day before the day before the day before and we had hiked out uh, that evening and then Brandon and I flew out to go we had to go about well, 50, 60 40, 50 miles back to Unicle and then another 40, 50 miles south into this moose area and so we bailed out uh, Ben, Shane and Ty all stayed and kept hunting bears at this really cool spot called the Sanctuary it was a, just an awesome spot they've got um, anyway, so yeah, I peeled out. We went down there and um, started and just started moose hunting. So it was fun. Mm. It was a unique. It wasn't like I've been on some different moose hunts where you're uh, just kind of down in the flats and the brush and the thick. But we were kind of up on this. It was pretty flat country, but it was broke. It was uh, broken, so we kind of got up on the little bit of elevation where you could kind of glass. It wasn't a huge area, but the moose were moving a fair bit. They were just mm. just pre rut, just starting to rut. So bulls were starting to move a little bit. And so you just kind of make your rounds in the same, these couple fingers that went down in this big river in the bottom, and we just kept watching that area, and he moved in on day, I can't remember, day day three or something. So it was a, it went relatively, it went good, it went relatively quick, but um, we kind of were like, you know, you, do you hold off? But he ended up being, he was like a 64-inch, big two, I can't remember, two... 15-ish type of a moose, 218. Wow. Like a, a big bull. Like, I'm oh, yeah. just thrilled to death with him. So, but Brandon's like, he's good, but he goes, we've got giants here, and they kill some moose up there that are just, what were some of those bulls they kill up there? I, mean, just, I think they killed a 70, what, 74-inch? 70, yeah. I think 74. Wow. 70s, uh, the week it, after that. Yeah. They, anyway, so it was amazing. It's a, it's such a killer spot, but that's, I mean, it's a, it's a cool spot. Um, that was fun, but that's Brandon. And I it was good. It was I'm, he's coming on this hunt. I'm excited. Uh, just super chill, super low key, um, real just relaxing. We hunted hard, but just a like a I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Like that no drama, no hype. Just like hey, we're getting it done yeah. and just having a good. It just it's like it's just business and it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it just flows real. Just kind of just textbook, and you know we're in a spot where you 
you cannot not see bears at any point on that uh, so on that hunt. There was so grizzlies visible almost every minute of every daylight. Oh wow! Day. It, it was, was unreal how many bears were up there. I, I think I saw ten was the most I counted at, at one time, but you could never look out and not see something. There was always you could yep. look out and it's all you know mile and a half away. Here's two, and then you know six hundred yards to the left, there's another one, and so yep. it was a pretty neat spot. Um, that was were, the first place we ever saw muskox. Yeah, it was. Yeah, way up, miles away on like a ridgeline. Six, you could seven see, miles away. Yeah, I saw these muskox. two things. I was like, I think those two bears walk. And I'm like, those are not bears, but I don't know what they are. But anyway, it ended up being muskox way far away. I don't so. think I'd want to be a moose in that area, it sounds like. No, that area we did see one or two moose, but we left to go moose hunting because the bears, yeah, they get out <laughs> Saturated. That I mean, area they're good. mostly on the river getting fish, but obviously when the fish are gone, moose are on the menu. So mm-hmm. um, I hate to be a calf up there. It's so deceiving. That terrain, when you see an animal of that scale disappear, like, oh, how yeah. did that thing just hide out there? Yeah, absolutely. Then you get on foot, and you're like, okay, yeah. I yeah, get, that I little get tiny brush patch is 10-foot-tall alders yep. for, you know, a half mile. So um, the before that was Cold Bay. We talked about that a little bit already, but that was pretty straightforward. Um, that was barren ground. And then before that was uh, was my Dalshi punt we talked about a little bit. And I need to do a pod. I'm going to try to bring this gear up and do a podcast with Nate up here. I'd like to talk with him about the, the hunt we're going on and, and my hunt last year. So do that as well. Yeah, that'd, so, be, that'd be kind of cool to chat with him. Yeah, we'll try two, to do Two years together with the same guy. Yep. So we'll try to do that as well. But this, I'm excited about this. This is a... This is, I can't, this feels really surreal to me. I just, I've been working and busy doing stuff, and now we're, like, literally going to drive into camp tonight. It just feels really, I don't know when it's going to sink in. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a minute to sink in at all. I mean, people, I've got tons of people calling and texting and checking in and, you know, are you excited? I was like, yeah, I'm just physically just trying to get there. It's been a whirlwind of a summer, just getting through work and a couple other trips. But, uh, yeah, it's going to take a minute, I think, for this to kind of sink in. Um the first thing a lot of people ask, oh, what are you going to do when you finish 29? And we just kind of joke around and say, well, you know, we're probably going to go doll sheep hunting, but it worked out. We're literally, <laughs> <You're> literally <laughs> one, one day later, we're going on a doll sheep hunt. So <laughs> this one was kind of tricky. We didn't want to be late. And um, so we've got a, a twin prop, turboprop airplane queued up to pick us up the morning after the opening morning here so we're gonna we got some tight deadlines to we got a pretty tight deadline um we got we got opening day that whole day to get this ram killed and um then we're wheels up at 4 45 a.m right out of hell's canyon and they're gonna fly us direct all the way up to norman wells and uh then we catch the outfitters uh kind of their shuttle bus float plane that takes us all the way out to camp so um no commercial flights we've never done that before it's gonna be kind of cool yeah i'm yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's gonna be a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pinch yeah. has got the whole plane to himself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. With <laughs> stretch out, stretch so, out. Watch yeah. your movies. Right. He's gonna be, uh, hopefully, I'll be editing a bunch of cool pictures from uh, Rockies to share with you guys. I know this is kind of a weird time frame, though. So you, if when you guys listen to this, because we'll be going straight up, so I won't be able to get this uploaded till we get back. Um, so technically, it's the thirtieth of of July right now. We'll be in. We're gonna hike in onto the ram on the 31st which will be monday tomorrow and then opening day is uh tuesday the first of august so when you guys hear this, this is kind of the timeline that's going on and then wednesday the second yep we're flying to the territories and so you guys will probably be hearing this kind of mid-august when we get back 
and we'll do some recaps and stuff. So kind of a little uh, a little delayed. And we're also our website different down. We're working on getting that back up hosting wise. So uh, for the on the podcast side, but I'll upload. Oh, we can still get it to Audible and stuff like that. So I was um, just going to ask you where you put all your your podcasts at for people to hear them. Yeah, they're on Audible. They're on a bunch of places. I don't iTunes and Audible and Spotify. I don't. I'm, I have to go double check. They're on all the places where you get podcasts. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, so that's kind of the, that's kind of the time frame on this, and hopefully, we'll see. I'm a little nervous. The territories is interesting this year. Usually, you leave home, where I'm at in Oregon, it's 90, 95 degrees in July, some 100 degrees July and August. It gets hot in Oregon. Lately, it's been 70s, and then I fly up to the territories, and it's like, oh, it's nice. It's 55, 60 degrees, cools down at night, even a little snow here in August, and nice and cool weather. Well, it's the opposite. It's been 70 at home, and it's been 90 up there plus. Mm. It's been smoky. They got all that f- smoke from the fires. So it's definitely going to be an interesting, an interesting reversal as far as weather up there. I think the sheet patterns are a little bit off. Um, they've been killing some rounds, but they said it's been a little tougher than normal. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if they're a little tucked away, trying to hide out. You know, go lay in the snow banks and stuff, and try to hide from the uh, hide from some of this heat. So it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be some work, but I think there's some good rams up there, and hopefully we find one. So yeah. Anyway, should be fun. I'm, um, I'm pumped for you guys. So yeah, by the time, yeah, by the time we one. by the time we get back to you know when this by the time you throw this podcast out there, yeah. kind of the, some of the fun milestones. You know, we're going to complete the sheep slam, the 29. Yep. yep. And then the question is, you know, is it going to crack the 190 mark? That's that's the big question on on this one. Yeah. We're hoping it does. Uh, we think it might, but uh, that's that's a big deal. So if we if we can yep. crack the 190 marks, so we'll have to update you guys and let you know how we did there. Yep. And then um, on the the doll sheep is just kind of a fun do over, um, but we're going to try and get something decent. Yep. But uh, anything you know, 155 to 160 is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. On size on a doll. And we don't have any super high expectations there. It's just it was an opportunity to jump in last minute. Yep. And so we took it. Otherwise, you're waiting probably at least two, if not three years, on a doll sheet booking at any any place of quality. Yeah, some of these places are getting pretty booked out. So, and we had a connection. Ben, we work a lot off of connections, relationships. We knew Nate. We were up there with Stan and MMO, and just easy, good people, all that stuff. Stan's been the longest running outfitter in the in the Northwest Territories now. I think he's owned his place for. I want to say 46 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, just, just had it for absolutely ever. He just was able to get it years and years ago. He was logging and farming and was able to get that place years ago. So pretty cool story. Him and uh, Stan and Helen um, own it. and um, Their anyway. sons work there, right? Yep, Sun's Pilot. They have this awesome chopper. A lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the people up there fly the R44s. Anybody that knows choppers knows those little, you know, they're they're – Little workhorses, pretty efficient, but they're little tin cans. And they, these guys have a brand new uh, Bell. Was it five hundred five? I think it's a five hundred five. Yeah, it's a gorgeous chopper. So you're talking. It's it's pretty nice jumping that leather seats, and you're like forty fours. Feel like you're in a kite when the wind starts blowing. You're kind of bouncing around, and they're whatever. They get you get you around. They work fine. But these five hundred five is like a next level. So like little perks like that. It's kind of cool. It's uh, they just they've had it for so long. They can run it a little bit more. Um, for fun almost. It's, I mean, it's a business, but it's a little bit more for fun than some of the other outfits that, you know, somebody buys one of these outfits for millions of dollars, they've got to pay the bank bills, and so they got to get enough hunts in and make it 
pencil. Now these guys have been running it for so long. They're like, hey, let's buy, let's buy a 505 and have some fun. So it's there's some cool perks like that. It's it's kind of fun to hunt out of a chopper up there. So um, anyway, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited to go up there. Yeah, um, we're hoping hoping to connect with a wolf on that one and save John some time. We'll see. And uh, always looking. <laughs> he's got the he's got the 300 Norma dialed in yep. really well. I think his 600 yard group was just a smidge over one inch. Yeah, I shot some pretty dirty groups with that thing this last week. I just would I got the low development done that I'd go up there and I'd shoot a group in the evening after work or a couple groups in the morning and I just kept shooting it I shoot one at 100 one at 300 one at 600 and kind of just doing those routines and building confidence and it was shooting real consistent so um yeah I'm excited um I don't know uh we could talk we've been over we're over an hour here so we could we'll wrap this one up in a minute but we'll do some more I'm gonna bring try and get the gear up um, I got to kind of repack some gear before we fly up north, um, and I'm going to try to get all this podcast stuff up. I'd like to get a couple more stored up, and so we can really start releasing a bunch of hunting stuff. And we do have some more. What's the next uh, October? Yeah, October seventh. We're back in Cold Bay, Alaska, with uh, Spencer going after brown bear again, where we killed that huge one in 2017. Yeah, that so was such a cool, cool trip, cool people, and um, some of the biggest brown bear on the planet. Yeah. And before that uh, relationship changed uh, with those guys, we wanted to make sure we were able to get up there at least one more time. So we grabbed that one. That's Shoot, that was like last year. It's, yeah. We had that one on the books for quite a while. So looking forward to that one. Yeah. And this this time, maybe if we can twist Clint's arm to get him up there to come up there and film for us. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and then hopefully... Still kind of before that. Well, still trying to figure out the Sitka. I'm going to either do... We'll either do it early or we kind of pretty quick or i'm thinking probably later uh during the rut but i'm gonna try to get sick in there somewhere and so i'm sure some other things will come up in the next next few months but yeah we've got kind of a a mildly booked after last year everything feels mild but we've got right now we got three official hunts on the books and then we've got a couple spots to throw in at least for the sitka for sure we got to get that done for john yeah, so that'll be fun. But anyway, good to hear from you guys. Chat with you guys, Clint. Talk. What's uh, where can people find you or uh, your business or is there Instagram or anything just to look up some of the stuff you've done or any yeah, places the, like that? Yeah, the inside joke is for Revel. It's the word lover backwards. Revel Entertainment. We okay. got revelentertainment.com, Instagram, Facebook. I'll usually just sync pictures over to instagram but yep. that's probably where we are most hot and heavy with posting things that we're up to okay. you know how most of the time you're shooting content for things that aren't released till next year yep uh, especially hunting show stuff so typically it's the person we're filming for you'll go to their pages to see some of the latest and greatest okay but uh we try to give a little behind the scenes teasers of what we're up to just to keep people highlighted cool uh, but yeah instagram or website revelentertainment.com or okay. at revel entertainment perfect okay well i look forward to getting to know you so far you've been cool so yeah <laughs> so far so good after we, we've been in the car for about four hours so <laughs> i know um, i gotta pee <laughs> yeah i do i know we have a rest area ahead there you go all right let's, um, let's go kill that bighorn yeah, that's right all right we'll talk to you guys soon we'll have an update for you hopefully in about uh a week all right talk all to right. you guys later